Hey, what's up, folks? This is the February 2022 monthly market update, where we can, we are going to be going over all the major headlines that I picked out of the news this past month. If this is your first time, or do you like to check out older investor letters of other monthly reports, you can go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letter. If you're checking this out live on our Facebook group or YouTube channel, you guys can type into the chats. I will reply back to comments or ask any questions that you guys like. I want to try and keep this interactive, but this gets also put up on the podcast, simplepassivecashflow.com. But let's get into Welcome, everybody. This is the monthly market update. Here we go. First thing before we get going, my book released recently, The Journey to Simple Passive Cashflow, Real Estate Investing for the Working Professional. I hit bestseller. Thank you all for helping out, buying the Kindle book for a dollar. And if you guys are able to write a review, we will send you a free hard copy. You guys are bargain hunters. Buy the Kindle book. Leave a review, take a screenshot of a review, and then email it over to team at simplepassivecashflow.com before, let's just call it the end of this February, and we'll get you a free hard copy as a thank you. You have you guys haven't met me. I'm an engineer by trade, quit my job several years back. Today, over 7,500 rental units, over 45 plus property projects, $1 billion of assets under management. And... First thing here, what happened to the eviction tsunami? Now, I think this is a, a narrative that was going on the last couple of years during the pandemic. And that narrative was, well, with all the moratoriums of non-eviction uh, happening, what's going to happen when all these the moratoriums go away and there's going to be a huge flood of people out there? I'm just quoting here from the 538 article, some observers think that social Policies like the eviction moratorium, stimulus payments, extended unemployment insurance, and rental assistance have started off disaster. Others think that mom and pop landlords who tend to deal with lower income have been more accommodating or reluctant to lose tenants than expected. And I will say that is what I have been noticing from a lot of the mom and pop landlords out there. They're they like scared. They don't know how to react to all this. So they've been bending over backwards to accommodate tenants way more so than what we are as professional uh, landlords or at least our professional property management companies commercial property management companies are handling this so it's very bifurcated you have the professionals running their assets a certain way then the mom and paul doing it another way they were dropping their rents or going month to months where we're taking a hard stance using this as an opportunity to get the people out that shouldn't be there to improve the community Joint Center for Housing Studies from Harvard University reports that the boom in home modeling may be in May of 2022. If you guys are checking this out on the YouTube channel, we have a little chart here that's showing the projection later on in the summer. What does that mean? Strong increases in home sales activity, household incomes, and home equity levels are supporting a faster expansion of the home remodeling market over the coming years. And Part of this was a lot of people were stuck at their homes. They were looking for something to do, more home equity. So it's that perfect storm for more home remodeling. As we all know, last year about this time, lumber started to skyrocket. That kind of went down and then a little bit up. Not as bad, but it, it is a little bit up at this point. The rising cost of labor and construction materials, difficulty retaining contractors and climbing interest rates could discourage 
owners undertaking new or larger remodeling projects. So if you believe what the hardware university is saying, they're saying that a lot of these prices may hit that peak at May. Fortune says Wall Street profits on Zillow woes by gobbling up starter homes and investigation fine. So if you didn't hear, Zillow spent last year aggressively expanding a home flipping operation designed to make $2 trillion of U.S. real estate better for consumers until a bad bet on home price pushed the company to pull the plug. Zillow's efforts to sell off its inventory of thousands of homes has highlighted a little noticed truth about the business called So it's a little bit of a fiasco. You guys can Google it for more details. But the transaction raised questions about the role of iBuyers are playing in a housing market starve of affordable properties both for rent and purchase. A diverse range of U.S. political voices from the Biden administration to the conservative television host Tucker Carson have blamed institutional landlords for crowding out regular families. It is what it is, right? Like I've never wanted to be political on this podcast or YouTube channel um, because I think it's a waste of time. But I think it's important for investors to understand which way the puck is going. And unfortunately, we are becoming more and more a nation of renters. And therefore, a lot of the institutional players out there are getting more involved in spaces to capitalize on that long-term trend. What do you do? If you're like a landlord or you're an investor, you get on the right side of that and you buy some rental properties. Duh! Or you go into syndication deals where you can also get involved in that action and play that bet. Commercial property executive reports inflation fears in commercial real estate found that commercial real estate performance has been good during periods of high inflation and the returns much more closely correlated to the growth of inflation. I think if you've been following the market, we're in a bull market, folks. And Inflation is high. You've got to invest and get your money out of your lazy assets, out of your home equity, your rental properties, your retirement accounts and the bonds. The bond market has flipped. It's not the bond market anymore. You got to get your money out. The, The junk bonds, which are the crap bonds, the bad debt, it's making a lower yield than inflation. I mean, think about it. That's crazy. Forbes reports that real estate billionaire Sam Zell says office space will rebound faster than retail. Office space got hit with the whole pandemic for obvious reasons because people tended to stay at home and not go to the office and occupancy came down and some big more tech companies, especially in the coastal markets, they allowed a lot of their workers to work more remotely. And right now we're in a worker climate where a lot of the power is going into the hands of the workers as opposed to employers. But I'm sure that'll turn at some point once again next few years. But right now, employer says, you have to go back to work in the office because we want to babysit you. And then the worker right now, screw you, I'm going to go and uh, search for another job in my boxers because I'm at home and I can go and also do an interview virtually. And I'm going to, we'll see if I'm still here when it's time for when you're going to force us to come back to our work. Major companies, including Deloitte, Facebook, Google, Lyft, Salesforce, and Uber have allowed workers to work from home the office if they are vaccinated but do not require employees to work full-time in the office. Now, that is the more of the, I think, on the cutting edge of employers. We have to remember that most of the employers are more old school. They work in their employer employees are not over six-figure salaries. Most of the folks working in cubicle and are much less than that. And they, in my opinion, they need direct supervision and need to be in an office. In 2015, I had 11 turnkey rentals and realized that there's nothing passive about direct ownership in rental properties. 
This coming from an accredited investor perspective. Our group these days are mostly accredited investors, strictly looking for syndication deals for a purely passive investment strategy. One part of my portfolio is the American Home Owner Preservation, or what folks in the Hui call AHP. George Newberry, once apartment investor and mentor to myself, is now sponsoring podcasts for the fourth year in a row. His private note fund, which by the way also accepts non-accredited investors, cuts out the middlemen and allows you to invest directly with him to fight the mortgage crisis in America. Feel good knowing that you are helping families stay in their home after buying their underwater note at a huge discount. Join him by purchasing distressed mortgages while cashing your distribution check on a monthly basis. Find something else better out there? Just let me know. Invest as little as $100 by going to ahptitle.com. And if you want the free Burn Zone book, claim it at simplepassivecashflow.com slash AHP. And don't forget to join our private investor club to get more insider access. Go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. RE Business Online reports that Florida and Texas dominates the U-Haul's top 25 growth cities. So what the U-Haul report is, for those of you guys who don't know, is something that the U-Haul, the, the trucking company, when you, which are supposedly models more of the budget conscious folks out there, which is exactly what I like to invest in, which is the more of that workforce housing, lower middle class type of uh, clientele. So to follow where the U-Hauls are going is makes sense as opposed to the Vanline report. The Vanline report tracks the white collar movement because when you're a corporate worker, white collar worker, a lot of times you get that white glove service of moving when you are moved, relocated with the van lines. Whereas we can all remember we were broke college students in the U-Haul moving ourselves. So it's not just people moving to Florida, business moving because they see better opportunities there. Florida has always been a destination for retirees. Outside of Florida, Texas also popular landing spot. California ranked last among U-Haul growth states in 2020. Still, the state had a couple of pockets of growth with Sacramento ranking number eight and San Diego ranking number 12. Commercial property executive reports that Phoenix's booming industrial market, so this is more the industrial asset class because the Phoenix geographic area proximity to California is its greatest. A lot of land and strong labor pool and industrial buildings are investments for their developers, owners, and tenants. Different articles, six major movements for Phoenix in 2021. Things to watch out for is number one, the semiconductor engineering plants. And if you guys aren't following this, it's an important thing out there is the most words, the semiconductors fabricated. Right now, the best ones are in Taiwan, TSMC, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company. So if you want to sound cool in front of your uh, colleagues there, you just start talking about the battle between Intel and TSMC. But a lot of that is going into Phoenix and Electra Mechanica broke ground in Mesa, Arizona, where they'll also be creating an assembly engineering plant. The next is the Paradise Valley Mall Redevelopment. Third is their transit road upgrades. The city adopted cool pavement system, which applies reflective coating to streets lower the extreme surface temperature. Something I actually went to college for was uh, pavement design. Don't use it today, but I know exactly what that cool pavement system is. It's just a computer programmer that on a reflective coating. The uh, South Central Extension Downhold Hub will connect the falling light rail system in downtown. That's another expansion. Number four, Howard Hughes Corporation's $600 million investment. This is a master plan community 
in the Douglas Ranch in Buckeye, which is just northwest of the Phoenix. Number five, the state's first timber project from Mortensen. And number six, Facebook expands data center footprint. They acquired 390 acres of land, which can be built out to 3 million square feet of development over the next few years. So some of those are some of the latest developments in Phoenix. Multi-housing news reports the financing solutions for the missing middle. And when they talk about the missing middle, they're talking about that that middle class, folks. Uh, maybe some of you guys are middle class. So it seems every day that the middle class is a dying breed and either lower middle class or wealthy. So in the government sector, the primary mechanism for funding affordable housing is the LIHTC. I don't know why I call it the LICTA, but that stands for Low Income Housing Tax Credit Program. This is where donors can play a critical role in raising funds to supplement government subsidized initiatives. But if you're really looking to make money, you don't build affordable housing, even though it's the right thing to do, in my opinion, looking into doing that, especially in Hawaii, where we don't have any of that type of stuff. And Honolulu City and County can't permit to save their lives, even though that's the right thing it should be doing. But anyway, moving on, right? Like I said, no politics. For the investing community at large, bond financing offers a risk-adjusted low-interest investment vehicle for the potential to make major impact on the affordable housing crisis. The simplest way to make such an investment is through social impact bonds that carry an identifier such as CUSIP, Committee on Uniform Securities Identification. This number identifies a financial security for facilitating clearing and settlement of trades which is generally perceived as a simpler vehicle for investment than private equity. San Antonio is a top relocation destination for Austin renters, reports said. So just like how we were talking about people moving out of California and maybe going to different parts of the state that were a little bit less overheated or expensive. We talked about in California, Sacramento, people moving from the Bay Area up to Sacramento, maybe from LA, moving down to San Diego. But people in Austin, Texas, which has been a hotbed for tech and growth and development, they're moving, a lot of people are moving out to San Antonio, which is the overwhelming majority of these searches were coming from Austin. Houston was second with 20% of all the other searches, while Dallas was third with 8.2%. Again, internet searches from apartments list users. Out-of-state new renters were likely coming from Orlando, Atlanta, and Chicago. San Antonio's are looking to move to Austin with the majority of local outbound searches, 18.5% looking to for the going into Austin. And then they are also going to Dallas, the second most popular relocation station. Again, we're talking about San Antonio. Adam reports that home ownership in the U.S. again, less affordable in the fourth quarter as prices keep soaring. No brainer. This has been the narrative for little... Almost a year. Median price single family homes are less affordable in the fourth quarter compared to historical averages in 77% of the counties across the nation. The largest are Cook County, which is Chicago, Harris County, which is Houston, Dallas County, Texas, Bexar County, San Antonio, and Wayne County, which is Detroit. Quarter one, Arbor reports that quarter one, 2021, small multifamily metro cap rate trends. So through the first quarter of 2021, smaller metros experience more cap rate compressions for small multifamilies. A lot of this is just, they call it cap rate compressions or rates coming down. It's, a lot of it is also paired with lower interest rate. 
And this is why I say I'm not super concerned if interest rates go up because the cap rates will likely go up because what happens when interest rates go up? That means the government, the not the government, but the economy is doing well. And, and inversely, when the economy is doing bad, the Fed lowers the interest rate. So if you're an already investing, you shouldn't really worry about the interest rates go up because first of all, you're locked in or you have the ability to lock in your rate as it starts to creep up. But if you're into rental real estate, in a way, you're, you've multiplied, you've got a multiplier effect on those rents. The rents will skyrocket on you and you don't really care what the interest rates are at that point. Multi-housing news reports that Freddie Mac forecasts continued multifamily growth in 2022. We're seeing definitely an upward trend in transaction volume. The biggest lenders are Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, life insurance companies. That is why life insurance companies are so stable. And that's why we do the internet banking strategy, which use them, them as the backer, CNBS. And then strong, the reason why they're saying there's a strong economic conditions and unprecedented levels of demand for multifamily housing has led to strong additions in 2021. However, the report also mentioned that 22 still has uncertainties, more specifically increasing inflation and the more transmission Omicron variant potentially slowing down economic conditions. So this is the weatherman who always has to cover the, their backside because they never want to make put themselves out there. Multifamily executive reports that no signs of multifamily market slowing down. They are citing higher demand, lower value, potential tax law changes like the 1031 exchange and capital gains were a major motivating force compelling transactions in 2021 that otherwise would have happened two or threes later down the road. Transactions are leveling off. The numbers for 2022 simply won't be as high. And again, we're talking about more transactions. The multifamily resilience in the pandemic was a catalyst for interest from investors and other commercial real estate segments like office, hospitality, and retail. Multifamily outperformed other asset classes. And coming out of the pandemic, the market has seen the best operational performance on record, which is why you're seeing a lot of institutions seek refuge in multifamily. Second, and tertiary markets take the So renters moved out of major cities like New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco and into the suburbs and smaller MSAs. While the ongoing migration is likely linked to more affordable rent prices, Yardi in its multifamily national report notes that lifestyle rentals continue to grow at a swift pace. And lifestyle rentals are the folks, that's the people that have to do, or they have to rent. The, they describe the and no, actually, the lifestyle renters are the people that are on the higher end, the, the richer people. The renter by necessity is the people that they deemed as workforce housing or the people on the lower end, which are also going up. But the lifestyle renters is going up at a higher pace. And they're also citing versatile financing options. Non-traditional lenders are getting into the space. And that is because of, like I just said, institutional money coming into it. And the institutions, they not only buy the assets, but they also get into the lending side of it too, to play the deal. Pandemic rent growth highlights migration patterns. Some of the rents grew by 34% on the Southwest Coast, 31% in Phoenix, 28% in Tampa, 28% Vegas, 27% in Boise, next one were Ashland, Atlanta, Orlando, Raleigh, Durham, and then Charlotte. Bloomberg reports that apartment occupancy just hit a historic high. High occupancy rates leave little margin for renters who need to relocate for jobs, education, or other reasons. Good time to be an owner. Demand for housing continues to outpace the supply. 
in this specific moment, the Omicron surging and rental chaos, a recent memory, many landlords will stick with their current tenants. No matter the housing shortage is so severe that property owners likely don't need to charge max to make a bundle. Families that do not need to move right now face tough choices or fewer choices because there's not enough housing stock for them. So if you're a sophisticated investor, I mean, you really can bring the higher rents. Is what I'm saying. And that's what we were saying earlier. The mom and paw unsophisticated investors are the folks that are getting killed through all of this. The mortgage rates start 2022 with an increase. So we talking about this is not a huge thing in my opinion. With higher inflation, promising economic growth, and a tight labor market, we expect rates to continue to rise, which I think that's what the Fed should do. The Fed should be raising the rents or raising the rates because of the rents are raising. But in tough times... You want to be grabbing more of the strike power, which is increasing the rate so they can lower it and stimulate the economy. And this is what the Fed is supposed to do. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of other things that's going on behind the scenes that I don't understand. When in good time, they increase the rates to slow down the growth, to keep it under control and kind of elongate it out, smooth out the curves, the ups and downs. And in bad times, they lower the interest rates to increase the liquidity in the market. Very simple. So if you're in a situation where, where interest rates are increasing, luckily you have your rates locked in or you lock in right away, but you're also the beneficiary of a better market because that is the situation where that happens. Mortgage Bankers Association forecasts the 30-year mortgage rates will reach 4% by the end of 2022. Drivers of the rising rates include a more hawkish Federal Reserve, a strong recovering economy, and a large federal budget deficit. So I, I don't know how much the rates will probably go up, but I don't think it's nearly going as much as how much inflation and rents are going up to keep pace with that. Wealthmanagement.com reports that demand for downtown apartment properties has fully rebounded. Uh, apartment investors are spending money faster than ever. They are following renters who return to downtown neighborhoods, even though that many of these renters still work from home in their luxury apartment towers. Percentage of apartments that are vacant in these downtown submarkets is now lower than it was before the pandemic and average rents are rocketing higher. So in the beginning of the pandemic, we had a lot of people starting to realize, well, why the heck am I, if I'm here, if nothing's going on? That was the whole reason I was here in the first place. They moved, moved away a little bit, and now they're returning back because the world is returning back to order. Only two downtown suburbs, Seattle and Houston, didn't have asking rents higher than the levels reported in the fourth quarter of 20. Apartment rents are still lagging in San Francisco, Minnesota, and pockets of Washington, D.C. Manhattan, the entire island, stands out as its asking rents has lagged the 14 downtown markets into asking rent growth in 2021. Houston apartment fundamentals break records in another sudden turnaround. Relative to income produced at apartment properties, prices in Houston are still high and rising, pushing the yields investors expect lower. Rents up 11% in 12 months. Joint Center for Housing Study from Harvard reports that what renter resources have renters tapped during the pandemic? And this is where we, we got involved. The, we had our property management team sit down with a lot of the tenants to apply for a lot of these government programs. Some of these are listed here. There's a lot of ways that you can get money. You don't have the money. It's just a matter of being educated. But that's it. Oh, I guess the final tip here is if you're a landlord, you really should be looking at these ways that you could be getting money. And I'll just read them out. Regular sources, income, credit cards, savings accounts. 
borrowing from families and friends, unemployment insurance, stimulus payments, SNAP. So SNAP is the thing that we've been helping people get different every state. Please don't ask us how we do it because I don't know. That's what the property management team's job is. So they actually sit down with the tenancy. But might be something if you're a little mom and pa landlord and somebody is falling behind. You can get some brownie points, I think, if you do a little Googling for them and say, hey, just build this out. You might be able to get some free money from the government. Before we get going into my more personal report, if you guys haven't yet, please check out the founding office of HANA Mastermind. If you guys have scoured the interweb, seen a lot of other groups out there, you start to realize that your network is your net worth. Our scope of this group is to find deal flow, figure out who not to work with, more importantly. Taxes, legal, infinite banking. But more importantly, I think what was super evident in our latest boy retreat was the relationships with the other people. Don't think you're crazy for investing in things not in your 401k, taking equity out of your house, not paying it down, and going into deals with a bunch of random strangers on the internet. It's a little bit of a cult, I will say, but it's a fun cult. And I think it's a cult that kind of helps people get to where they want to be financially. Um, if you guys are interested in applying, go to simplepassatcashflow.com slash journey. Uh, we have bi-weekly Zoom conference calls. Uh, but more importantly, all members are encouraged to reach out to all. We have about like at least 80 members today and build relationships. So you never know who you'll meet. Other than that, I, I think that's we try and protect our group and the identity of our investors. We're really the only group out there that is just pure, predominantly accredited investors at this point. Definitely not what you're going to find at the local Rio, which is a bunch of house flippers and wholesalers, people who feel like they hear real estate's a great way to get rich and they don't have any money yet. But yeah, check out my book, The Journey of the Simple Passive Cashflow. You guys can check out me reading it out aloud if you guys like the audiobook version at simplepassivecashflow.com slash book. And just recapping some of my own stuff. If you guys have any questions, please type it into the chat. First thing, the book came out. I got the bestseller. So for a while there, I was at the top there and now I can die happy. And now my parents will be happy and proud of me that I wrote a book. And they still wonder what the heck I do all day long when I'm not an engineer. How did I get a little contribution? We had the, the Hui 4 in Hawaii. I think we had 75 people show up and there were people were like dropping like flies because the week prior, everyone was getting COVID. I don't know who was going to make it, but we had, yeah, like about 75 non-COVID caring people and had a great time in paradise. Hopefully people met, learned a little thing or two, but I think everybody had a lot of fun. Some significance, we, we redid some of the numbers, keep track of it, over a billion dollars of assets under ownership, 130 million from folks like you, or 50 projects now, I guess we did hit 50, uh, 7,700 total units, 644 investors like you, but more important, 78 percent of you have decided to come back and play with us again after the first year so that's kind of cool some uncertainty it is good in your life for me the chase creek apartments are pretty much built we're still waiting on like a transformer so no power yet but we are deciding to actually move forward through the lease up stage we had an offer to buy this but we are more interested these days we think we can push this project more and get even more returns by least going through the lease up phase, which is a little uncertainty, but I think the team decided that uncertainty and that mid that 
small amount of risk was definitely worth the reward by taking it a little bit longer. How do I get a little more certainty in my life? But we expanded the team yet again. Chad Wong, some of you guys have been interacting with him. He's the new director of investor relations. And he's also our community manager in our family office, Ohana Mastermind Group, the phone. He is an ex-engineer. He likes answering your guys' questions. And it allows me to spend my time on more business development opportunities, finding lenders and working on some behind-the-scenes stuff that maybe you guys will see here in the near future. Team at Simple Passive Cashflow, you guys can reach out to him there. Is his email. And then a little bit of love connection. So that was a picture of one of our buses. That's not the VIP bus. But that's one of the buses there. And then we did have some champagne at the retreat one of those nights. Can't remember which one it is. And then just for fun, something I bought recently was this like 30 pound weighted blanket, which is just massive, super heavy. If you're in the market for a weighted blanket, bigger, heavier is the better. But with that, that was another report. I will put these guys up at passivecashflow.com slash investor letter. If you haven't yet, join our community and check out the website. There's a whole bunch of goodies in there. If you guys want access to the free Hui uh, e-course, go and sign up at simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. And if you guys have any questions, send an email to team at simplepassivecashflow.com. All right, we'll see you guys next month. Bye. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.